I'm Grace. I'm Sarah. I'm Shruti. And we're the Book Hoes. In this week's episode, we will be discussing our group read for the month, which was Final Girls by Riley Sager, which won the poll for on our Twitter. We all picked three books, or we each picked a book that we had never read and asked y'all to vote on which one y'all wanted to be the group read for the month. And that was the one that won. So that's what we read and we are going to talk about it now. But first, we're going to talk about what we've been reading. So Shruti, what have you read? So Grace purposely picked me to go first, I think, because she yeah. knew what my answer would be, which is, um, the I've, been, I've read Final Girls by Riley Sager. And this time I did finish the group read before the episode, an hour before the episode, but I I'm finished proud of you. it. Yeah, Thank I'm you. proud too, Shruti. Um, but yeah, that's all I've read. To be fair, I've had a lot going on in my real life. I, you know, when I was, I was on the other side of the country, have been shopping for houses, like things have been happening, but yeah, so, but I did yeah. read, I did finish, I did finish this book, but that's it. I am uh, seven books behind in my reading challenge. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Sarah, what have you been reading? I felt like I had a lot to talk about before we started recording. Turns out I've only read like two and a half books in the last two weeks since we recorded, but that's okay. I also have a lot of things going on, but um, I did last time, I think I said I started Sex and Vanity by Kevin Kwan. Um, ended up putting that one down just because it wasn't what I was in the mood to read at a time. It wasn't bad or anything. It was just like very slow paced, very like meandering descriptions of like Italy and stuff, which was really cool. But I just wanted something a little bit more like plot driven. Um, after finishing Final Girls, which I think I talked about, I finished that like a couple of weeks ago. So I'm pretty sure I mentioned that. Um, but I was in the mood for something like fast paced, like thriller ish. Um, it really did put me in a thriller mood. So I started listening to the audiobook of Then She Was Gone by Lisa Jewell. Um, it's a pretty famous book, but it's a mystery, like thriller about a woman whose daughter disappeared 10 years ago and uh she meets this man who she uh, she starts a relationship with but she soon starts to see different clues and hints that he might have something to do with her daughter's disappearance um all those years ago so it was really really good um the more I think about it the more I liked it I think I only gave it four stars but I might up that to five because it was just it was so good um it was definitely a slower paced thriller but it was still um it was still what I was looking for, still very plot driven, very mystery driven. Um, so I really enjoyed that one. And after finishing that, I was still on a thriller, thriller kick. I then started listening to the audiobook of An Unwanted Guest by Shari LaPena, I think is how you say her name. Um, she's a very big thriller writer as well. She and Lisa Jewell are both like huge um, thriller writers. They've both written a ton. Um, and I had read a previous book of Sherry LaPena's before, The Couple Next Door. I listened to the audiobook of like a little over a year ago. And um, I didn't love that one, but this one sounded good. It was about um, a bunch of a group of like 10 people who go to stay at a, an isolated like hotel in the middle of the Catskills in New York City, or not New York City, New York State <laughs> in the dead of winter. And uh, they start getting, people start getting murdered. Like the power goes out. So they have no like contact with the outside world. Um, the, like they're snowed in, they can't go anywhere. And uh, one of them is the killer or maybe someone from outside is the killer and they don't know who it is. So it's kind of like a crossover between And Then There Were None by Agatha Christie and The Shining. So it was a really good premise. The only thing I didn't like was the writing style. 
Um, it was one of those books that made me think like, wow, I could write a book because the writing was just <laughs> so like, not to be me, but it was just so very basic. All of the sentences were like, she got in the car. She drove for a while. She thought, man, this was a long drive. Just things like that, where it's just like stating the obvious over and over again, <laughs> um, where I was just like, okay, this is, this is enough. But the plot was good enough that I kept listening. And I'm glad I did because I ended up liking it. I think I gave it three stars and I'm probably going to stick with that because it just wasn't as like twisty or well thought out or well written as the Lisa Jewell one I read but Sherry Le Pen's books I like them because they're entertaining not because they're like great or anything but it was definitely entertaining so um I would give it like I would give it five stars in terms of entertainment but only three stars in terms of like overall quality and how much I liked it and everything but um so yeah if that sounds interesting to you I do recommend it um I kind of guessed who the killer was I had like a feeling but I didn't have any reason for it so I didn't think I was going to be right and it turns out I was right so I was happy about that um and then yesterday I went to Barnes and Noble because I have a ton of unread books that I own um but I didn't feel like reading any of them so I went to Barnes and Noble because I was like you know I'm just I'm just gonna browse and um vibe out and that was a good and bad idea because I did end up buying like five books but one of the books I bought is The Inheritance Games by Jennifer Lynn Barnes. And I just picked it up because it was on, they had a shelf called like books we can't keep in stock. And I was like, oh, that's kind of like a cool, creative like <laughs> table. So I picked it up and the synopsis to me sounded like Knives Out, but in book form. And yeah. I was like, yeah, I was like, I love Knives Out. That's like one of my favorite movies. So I picked it up, especially because Jennifer Lynn Barnes also wrote, she wrote the Natural series, which I read the first book of. And she wrote The Fixer, which I read many years ago. And by many years ago, I mean like four or five. And I loved, that's the one where she wrote the, the two books and she ended the second one on a cliffhanger, even though she didn't have a contract oh, yes. for the third one yet. Yeah, 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 exactly. I've brought it up many times because I'm still salty about it. So I was hesitant because of that. And because I started reading her other book, Little White Lies, a couple of years ago, and I did not like it. But I was like, this sounds too much like Knives Out for me to not pick it up. And man, I'm so glad I did. It is so fucking good. I'm like 150 pages into it. And I haven't been this like invested or sucked into a book in so long. It's such a good feeling. It's just a classic like YA fun time. And I found out it's going to be a series. There's another book coming out in September. So I'm so happy. It is three books confirmed this time. She has a contract <laughs> for all three. They're all in Goodreads. So <laughs> she has to, she has to put out all three. So I am seriously loving it. It's, um, it's basically like this girl randomly finds out she inherited a large sum of money from a billionaire. And, um, she like, obviously his family members are out to get her because they're like, why is she, you know, inheriting all this? So basically knives out, but in book form. And it's like a mystery. It's really cool and fun. So, um, so far I am having a great time. I, every time I've had to put it down, I've been upset. I ignored my boyfriend for like two hours yesterday to read it. So, um, I <laughs> will keep you all updated and I can't wait. I'm already excited that I'm like invested in a series again. So I'm having a good time. Yeah. I've heard of that book and it sounded really interesting, but now that I know someone who has read it and liked it, it sounds even more interesting, you know, like yeah, that's always sometimes how that books sound exactly. interesting and then they turn out to be duds. So right, I'm glad right. that it's not a dud. 
That's what I was thinking too. And I like, I did look it up on Goodreads and it does have like a 4.0. No, yeah, 4. I've heard 8. good things about yeah, it. Yeah, it has a 4.8 average rating, which was what I was like, okay, maybe I'll give Jennifer Lynn Barnes another chance. And um, I haven't finished it yet, so I don't want to speak too soon, but I'm just, I'm having so much fun. It's so, it feels so good to be like really invested in like a book again, which I, I've read good books, obviously, recently, but some of them, there's just a certain feeling that you get from some that just, you don't want to put it down. You're just, I don't know. I can't explain it. I'm really getting yeah. on with this. So I'm really happy. I'm happy for this you. Is, this you. is the inheritance game, right? The inheritance game. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've heard of it too. Mm-hmm. Wait, so you said you had read the first book of the naturals or this was a different book? I read the first book of the naturals series by Jennifer Lynn Barnes. The one where they're and like- that- Okay. Okay. But that was not the one that like the fixer series is the one that you said like that quick. Yeah. I got you. Exactly. Yeah. So the naturals, that one, there are like a bunch of books in that series, or maybe not a bunch. There's like five, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, But then the fixer, there's only two. (laughs) Um, But yeah. So Grace, what did, uh, what have you been reading? Well, um, I of course finished final girls, which is our group read. And then I have been really bad about reading lately. Like I've been in a reading slump. So there have been two books that I've been reading like all month, but I finally finished those within the past week. Um, The first one, I've already texted Shruti my thoughts, but I guess I'll give more thoughts. Um, The first one was Romancing Mr. Bridgerton, which is the fourth book in the Bridgerton series. It's Shruti's fave Bridgerton book. And I really liked the first half. The first half would have been objectively like five stars, probably the second half. Well, okay. So I'll talk about that first. It was, it's like, it's about Penelope and Colin, Shruti's fave Bridgerton couple. And it's about them getting together, obviously, because it's a romance book, but also a big part of the book is figuring out who Lady Whistledown is. And spoiler alert, if you haven't watch the show lady whistledown is penelope they reveal that at the end of the first season of the show and so i've already seen that so i knew who lady whistledown was and if i hadn't and i've spoken about this on the podcast already but if i hadn't known that i definitely would have enjoyed the book more because i never would have guessed like it's told yeah. from penelope's perspective and colin's perspective and penelope is like guessing who it is too like she's like i think it's this person when it's her like i never would have guessed it it would have been a great plot twist I would have been like, this is the greatest thing. William Shakespeare, who I don't know him. This is the greatest <laughs> reveal of all time. But of course I knew. And um, that kind of, it didn't ruin the book for me, but I definitely would have enjoyed the book more had I not known. But, you know, we can't help that. It is what it is. Um, also, it kind of made me, the way that they reveal it in the show is not as cool as the way they reveal it in the books. Yep. And it also like Penelope in the book is really smart because like because she now like I never would have guessed it was her but in the show like I guessed it was her that would have had me second guessing myself it would have been like am I sure they kept it the same as in the books yeah I I was I was like help help it was (laughs) it was wild but um but in the book in the show like she does you know we've seen the show she does something that only she makes a column that only Penelope has information about, which is stupid. And like in the book, mm-hmm. in the book, she's much smarter than that. So it kind of made me, and I mean, I, I didn't care enough to be actually annoyed at the show, but I was also like, it would have been so much cooler if they kept it more the same, but whatever. So halfway through the book, you find out that 
Penelope is laid to whistle down and Colin finds out. And then they like get up to stuff in a carriage and then Colin's like, we have to get married. <laughs> and I'm like, but why? But why do you have to get married? And so they get married. Regency. They get married and then they kind of start to fall in love with each other. And then for like five chapters, no- nothing happens. This is um, okay. This is the part where I need to step in because Grace okay, is completely okay. valid. She says five chapters, there's nothing that happens. She's incorrect. Things happen. It's just domestic bliss, married couple things. There's a lot of internal like character insecurity development stuff, which yes, nothing like plot wise happens. So in that case, yes. But there is character development and there is internal issues going on. But that's fine. Yes. Well, here's the thing. The two main plots of the book are Penelope and Colin getting together and who is Lady Whistledown. You find out who Lady Whistledown is halfway through the book and then Penelope and Colin kind of start to get together and like tell each other they love each other like a few chapters after that. It takes place over a few chapters after that. And then like it's the internal struggle part, but like that's not a plot. Like the two main plot lines are done. And I mean, like you find more Lady Whistledown drama happens in like the last three chapters. And then I was like, okay, cool. We're getting somewhere again. But like, there's just no plot for a few chapters. That's okay. It's a romance novel. There doesn't need to be a plot. But like, I mean, if the whole book had been like that, then it would have made more sense. But like, I was like really impressed. I was like, this is an, uh, 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 what is it when you're invested in a novel? I don't know. I was invested. I was like this, I'm invested. And then all of a sudden, like it stopped. Like she just switched it up. She switched it up too quick. And mm, yeah, she I think if she had maybe sprinkled it more throughout, I think that would yeah. have been better for you. Or yeah, like, I think I get that. Yeah. Or if she had just like, like ending the two plot lines at the same time, mm-hmm. like just in one of them and then keep the other one going. So there's still something happening, but there, there wasn't, there wasn't really anything happening. But it was still fine. I gave it like, it would be like 3.5 stars for, it mm-hmm. was, it was fine. It was good. Um, so I finished that. I have one question I, for you before you move on. Yes. Which one did you like more? Anthony's book or Colin's book? Um, what a question. I think I liked them probably about the same. That's, a, that's very valid. Yeah. There are parts I think, that I mm-hmm. liked from one book. But then there are other parts that I preferred in the other book. But so it would even out mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Interesting. I do think that these two books are considered the overall best. Or in the, they're like the most popular of the series, I think. Um, yeah, so, I probably won't read any of the others. That's valid. Although I think there are some others that you would enjoy, but that's valid. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe one we'll day. See. Yeah. Maybe one we'll day, see. maybe one day. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing I had to say, I listened to it on audiobook and the narrator is really good. But I don't know if it's just like hoopla or my phone or what, but I could not hear that bitch. Like she mm. talks so quietly. And like I live in South Carolina, so the roads are shit. So I need a, I need to be able to hear really well because I can't hear because of the sound of my car going over the shitty, shitty roads. And I could not hear. I could not hear the audiobook when I was in the car. I had to listen to it like mainly with um, like headphones on or something. But like. It was bad. It was bad. I don't know if, I don't know. Anyone who has listened to the British and audiobooks, chime off and let us know. Let me know if that's a universal experience or if it was just the hoopla version because I could not hear her. I could not hear. She did a good I job will... otherwise, but. Mm, interesting. I have another question for you, by the way. Yes. <laughs> so the other, the other thing 
that is very not controversial about this book um, is well, and I guess you've read you've read one other book, so you, I can ask you this question. So, like, Colin and all the other books is like a super joke jokestery flirty guy, and he's like mm-hmm. super charming. But then in like this book, he has like he has like angry temper issues. Did you even notice that, or was that like not a thing? For I you? did notice it, but I didn't really have like any thoughts about it. That's bad. I was like, that was it, yeah, that was it. we all get like that. I get like that when I'm hangry. So, you know, you know, it's so valid and he's <laughs> always hangry. So, yeah, I, I am too. So, yeah, anyway, really... you may continue now. <laughs> okay. Okay. The other book that I've been reading for like a month that I finally finished, which I texted Sarah about this time was Gamora and Nebula. It is written by Mackenzie Lee, who we do not support on the podcast because she has done problematic things in the past, but I was legally obligated to read this book. Because as we know, I am obsessed with Guardians of the Galaxy and I love Gamora and Nebula. So I was like, got to read it. And honestly, the first half was like really slow. Um, and it was very sci-fi-y, which was like, I mean, obviously it takes place in space. But like, it was hard to like get acclimated to that at first. But after I got acclimated to it and like after the halfway point, I was like, this is pretty good. Like I read, I was, I had to work Saturday and it was like really slow. So I literally read like the second half of the book, like on one sitting and I had a good time. Um, the characterization was really good. Uh, there were times where I was like, Nebula wouldn't say this, but for the most part, <laughs> it was really good. And the Gamora Nebula dynamic was really good too. And it was like a, it's a prequel. So like, you kind of know how it's going to end. But at the same time, I was like, how is this going to end? Like, how is this going to set up what happens in the movies? But it did it really well. Um, the last chapter, I was like, oh, it was good. It was good. Honestly, I would recommend it if you like Guardians of the Galaxy, as you should. Um, if not, you have terrible taste. But um, it was good. I, I can't lie to you guys. It, it was good. I checked, and my Hoopla does have the ebook, So I might, I might read it at some point. I'm not usually big on, like, books that are kind of, like, spinoffs of movies because that is like a genre especially in young yeah. adult in the last couple of years they get like already popular young adult authors to write like spinoffs of movies or whatever yeah they do it with like marvel and dc a yeah, lot yeah like lee bardugo wrote a wonder woman book and i read that like when it came out but and i wasn't really i'm not really big on them but i might be interested because i do i do love gamora and nebula they're like my favorite avengers mine too so i'll probably i'll probably read it at some point It kind of felt the way that I, (laughs) I was like, just pretend like this is like really good fan fiction. And that's what I did. (laughs) And that's, that worked for me. So yeah, Mm -hmm. keep that in mind. What I might have to do. Yeah. And then last but not least, I read a book. I, so this book is called, it's called The Darkness Outside Us. And it was written by Elliot Schreffer, Schreffer. And it came out earlier this year and I saw like someone talking about it. It came out like a few months ago. I saw someone talking about it on Twitter and then I read the Goodreads synopsis and I was like, this sounds good. And then I was at Barnes and Noble like a week later with Laura, shout out to Laura, friend of the podcast. (laughs) Um, And I picked it up and I bought it. And then I started reading it like the same night, which I never do. I just buy books and never read them. Um, And I finished it last, I finished it last night. And it was so good. Okay, so um, the plot is basically like, it's a science fiction book. It's a young adult science fiction book. Look at me, 
two science fiction books in one week, I hardly know who I am. But anyway, the plot is there's a main character. His the, the names are really weird. His name is Ambrose. He's like 17 and it takes place in the future. They're on Earth. Earth is now two countries and he's from one of the countries and the country has decided to send him into space to send him to this planet called Titan, funnily enough, where um, his sister has been has been there for a long time and they haven't heard back from her and he's going to go see if she's still alive. So he's on this spaceship and he finds out that he's not alone on the spaceship and that the other country that's on earth sent someone too. So they have to occupy this spaceship together. And then this other guy named Kodiak, again, stupid names. And, you know, enemies to lovers, they fall in love, da, da, da. So like, oh, gays in space. Obviously this is going to be a good book. But I read like the reviews and the reviews were like, this book was really badly marketed because it's like marketed as like this romance and there is a romance, but like, this is like a space thriller about survival and humanity. And I was like, oh, that sounds really good. And it really was like the, the writing was kind of eh. And I feel like the character, the guy, the author liked to use the word ass a lot, but not necessarily in like a sexual context. Like he would be like, and then Ambrose sat down on his ass. And I was like, couldn't you just say mm. he sat down? It was kind of weird, but like, it wasn't like, sometimes there were like really good parts of writing, but sometimes I was like, eh, okay. But that's, I think that's part of the course of young adult books, honestly. But, and then the characterization and the romance was like, pretty good but it could have been developed a little better but I enjoyed it for the most part but the plot was so good like it's like so they're on this spaceship together and they're heading towards this planet and they don't know each other at all and they're trying to get to know each other but all this weird stuff is happening like there's an AI on the spaceship who like is lying to them and then there's like just weird stuff like they find blood on the spaceship they are like getting like weird signals from, they can't get in contact with anyone from earth. It's just weird, weird stuff. And it's kind of like creepy. So it's like a mystery. And, and then there's like halfway through the book, like, I'm like, oh, okay. I think I kind of know what's going on, but I also like, don't know how this could be happening, but I have a theory. And then like halfway through the book, like, it was just like, I was like, what the hell? Like it was, it was wild. And I can't say that much about it because it's like one of those books that you have to read and like experience as you go along. But like, there was just this halfway through the book point where I was like, help. And it was really, really good. It was really good. I that was does sound really it. interesting. It's, it's good. I was like, I'm not a sci-fi amazing. person either, but that does sound cool. Yeah, it was cool. I, I highly recommend it. I think all should read it. Um, I read it in like a week. And it got me out of my reading slump. Um, and congrats to me. It was good. It was very, very good. That sounds and that's good. it. That's all I've read. Well, that's a lot. I yeah. know, I know. Well, Look Grace and I both got out of our reading slump. Shruti, you will get out of yours soon too. I promise I hope so. you will get there. Also, another benefit of the inheritance game I just thought of, the chapters are like five pages long. They're incredibly short chapters. Ooh. So for those of us who hate, long chapters which I'm pretty sure is all three of us yeah mm-hmm. check it out the sorry I'm done I promise but yeah. the book 
the darkness outside of us doesn't have chapters it has like sections and like oh, it's got a page break but the page break is like it shows the passage of time and it'll be like so they have to complete these tasks so it's like among us they have to complete these tasks <laughs> on the spaceship before they land at the planet and it'll be like so and so like 500 tasks remaining and then it'll be like 450 tasks remaining so it shows like how much time has wow passed. it was good it was good it was interesting very interesting in many ways and very good and I'm done now I promise but it was good so now we will begin to talk about final girls by Riley Sager which was again our group read of the month but before we get into that let's hear a word from our sponsor and we're back so final girls is a thriller book by Riley Sager who that is a um, pseudonym fun fact which is a pseudonym. I don't know what his real name is. I also did not know that he was a he. I figured he was a woman. No, he is a man. Um, he writes a lot of thriller books. Um, this one came out, I think this might've been like his second one, maybe it came out a few years ago. And it is about a woman named Quincy, right? Is yes. That, okay. It's about a woman named Quincy who went on a retreat with her friends when she was in college and um to like a cabin and someone like broke into their cabin and killed all of her friends in front of her and she was the only survivor but she also has blacked out that entire night from her mind because it was like so traumatic or whatever so she doesn't really remember anything about it and she's also just trying to like move on with her life and live a normal life with she has a boyfriend she lives in New York she has like a baking business and she like just doesn't talk about that night anymore and she's trying to pretend like she's moved on but she has not um and she is no she is referred to the public she is referred to by the public as a final girl and there's two others who also experienced similar sort of events where like they were in this place and everyone was killed and they were the only survivor so there's two other girls that are like they're like 10 year difference between everyone and one of them uh, commits suicide at the beginning of the book. So that's kind of where the book starts. One of the fi final girls commits suicide. And the other one shows up at Quincy's apartment. And they're trying to decide if it was suicide or if the girl was killed. So it's like a mystery thriller sort of book. And so that was the book that won in our poll. I, it was the book, book that I picked and I picked it because I figured I should pick a thriller book and I owned it and it wasn't that long and that's only only the reasons I really needed <laughs> to pick it so that was the summary of the book let's we'll start with like our general thoughts on the book without spoilers because there is like there are like twists in this book so if you have not read the book you're safe to listen to this part um, and we'll announce when we start talking about the spoilers. But what were our general thoughts of the book first? So I liked it overall. Um, this is another one that I would give like a, I think I gave it three stars just in terms of like overall. But in terms of enjoyment, it's another one. I really did enjoy reading it. I flew through it. I listened to the audiobook, And I was like, excited to turn it on every morning because listen to it while I get ready and on my drive to work and it made it fun it made it more enjoyable because it really was like a it was a fun book to listen to in terms of quality I did give it three stars because um I didn't like certain things about it it was similar um the writing is 
better than the Sherry Le Penna one that I mentioned before, but it still wasn't my favorite. And then there were certain little character things that annoyed me that we'll get into later. But overall, I did really like it. Um, it got me in a thriller kick, like I said before, just made me want to listen to thrillers all day. So it definitely reminded me of why I love that genre. And um, overall, I, I had a good time. Yeah, I also enjoyed it. I give it like 3.5 stars. I ran ahead and rounded up to four. Um, I enjoyed it. I think it was slow for me in the beginning. It took me a little bit to get into it. But then once I got into it, especially towards the end, you know, I flew through it. Um, like I have, I had texted Grace and Sarah and was like, okay, I'm ready to record as soon as I finish this book. And then I finished like in an hour or so. Um, but yeah, I liked it. I thought it was cool. Um, I definitely predicted things and we'll, we'll talk about those things later. Um, but overall, I, th- I think it was a good thriller. I had a good time and that's really all you can ask for in a thriller. That's true. I also would give it like 3.5 stars. Uh, like Sarah said, the writing was like, wasn't bad, but it wasn't mm-hmm. great. Um, but it, it, I don't know. It was just a book where you're like, I am here to be entertained. It felt uh, like, yes, exactly. it felt like to put it in movie terms. I don't know why I'm doing this on our book podcast, but it felt like a thriller movie I would find on Netflix and watch. And I would be like, oh, this is really good. Like kind of like a lifetime movie. Lifetime movies hmm. aren't good. They're not good, but I love them. Yeah, but they're so entertaining. They're fun. They're entertaining. Yeah, they're fun. I would like be like this. the acting yeah. in this is bad, and this would never happen. But I'm I'm very invested. I want to know what's going to happen. It felt yeah. it's like it, it was akin to that. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Not with like that. a Jordan Peele kind of movie, but it was it was entertaining. <laughs> yeah. That that is my analogy for this week's episode. That's a good um, analogy. Yeah. And I think it was enjoyable because there was never a point where I was like not invested in what was going to happen at the end. Um, Like it was very obvious from the very beginning that there's obviously more to what's going on to the mystery than what we know. So I just really wanted to know what that was. Um, I am really bad at, you know, looking up spoilers and I know that with thrillers, you can't do that. So I had to like very pointedly did not look up anything. I was like, all right, I'm going to go in. I know what's, I know certain things are happening. So I purposely did not get invested in any character I was very happy about that. We'll talk about that later. That's what you got to um, do. You can't get invested with characters. You can't get invested in any characters or any relationships. Yeah, no. And I knew that going in because I was like, this is a thriller. Can't get invested in anything. Um, and yeah, so I think that was good. I was like, oh, I was invested in knowing what was going to happen. I was never invested in any characters. And I think that is the best way to read a thriller. Yes, exactly. Most times in thrillers, the characters are like either annoying or just overall bad people. So right. I just go in like, I'm going to have a good time and just follow the plot line and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Oh, also another thing. I, this is nothing to do with the plot or anything important about the book whatsoever, but it really had me craving Halloween and spooky season. I it literally, me, yeah. I me literally too. have had pumpkin spice coffee like twice in the past couple of weeks. And it's all because of this book. Like, yeah, I feel like I, it, it started me on like a Halloween in July kick because it mm-hmm. got me, like I said, I read two other, listened to two other thrillers after this one. It just got me in the, in the Halloween mood. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It really did. I will say, so usually the best time for me to read is like right before I go to bed, right? So like I'm reading a little bit and then I'm falling asleep. I could not read this one before I went to bed because I was like, nope, I'm going to have nightmares. So I, yeah. this is when I was reading another book that I still have not finished, which I will talk about next week. 
Um, but yeah, I like could not read it while I was sleeping. So I had to read it during the daylight. Yeah, that's, that's a, fair. Yeah. That's a good way to do it with thrillers. It's, it's risky to read thrillers before bed because you never know when shit's going to go down. Right. Yeah. I can't read thrillers like depends on what's happening in the thriller and it depends if I'm like could this actually happen to me this book it could actually happen to me right so if I'm in like a strange place like I dog sit a lot so I can't read books like that mm-hmm. when I'm dog sitting because then I will get really freaked out um so same similar thing with me yeah yeah this- and I think one of oh, I think one of the parts um so there are flashbacks throughout this book where it flashbacks to the actual event um, and it like had just started and it was getting late and I was like, nope, I can't do it. And so mm-hmm. I put it down because I was like, this is a bad idea. Yeah. Um, but I did like the flashbacks, by the way. I thought that was really nice. And that was cool to have those interspersed um, throughout the book. Yeah, they were like tastefully woven in. I think I wasn't that I honestly wasn't really scared by this book, which is surprising because like I'm pretty easily scared. But I think I went in expecting it to be scarier than it was because Riley mm. Sager has written like other thrillers and I know like at least one of them is pretty gory so I was like a little nervous about that but I ended up being okay with it um I did especially because like a lot I don't know I felt like I found like some things in it to just be like stupid and not like scary which is what I meant with like the writing um Mm -hmm. but like I said we'll get we'll get into that later um but there definitely were like the ending towards the ending, I think, right before you find out like yes. the big reveal was like definitely like a heightened tension scene. Yes. Yeah, I definitely thought the flashback stuff was scarier than the mm-hmm. present day stuff until yeah. obviously the end. But like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think the present day stuff was more like a mystery and like collecting mm-hmm. evidence and all that yeah. stuff. But the flashback is like the scene of the crime and it's all like mm-hmm. building up to this thing that you know that's going to happen. Yeah. Right. There were a lot of like, jump scares quote unquote or like not jump scares but I feel like there were a few times where it was like a fake out like you think yeah about yeah to happen there and were then a lot it of turns out to be fine mm-hmm. I like a good fake out takes yeah. me back to goosebumps it was good it was good yeah they were they were tasteful as well um I did really like the main character I thought she was a good main character um she wasn't you know perfect or anything so she had like character flaws and all of that but you could root for her the entire time. There wasn't every, any one point where I was like, I'm not rooting for you. Um, we'll talk more about, I'll talk more specifically about my thoughts later. But like overall, I was saying I was always rooting for her as a character. I always wanted her to find a peace, um, I think, throughout the, throughout the book. I was rooting for her too. But there were times where I was like, man, she is kind of dumb. She's a little, yes. she was a little dumb. Um, like the parts with, um, the parts with Sam. Um, honestly, I saw the Sam thing coming from like a mile away. As soon as she like, I was like, there's no way that, you know, no spoilers yet, but there's no way that this is legit. And, um, all the things that they do together, I was just like, Quincy, you're dumb. That was all, that was the parts where I was like, this is dumb. Um, like where they were like shoplifting or whatever. I was like, okay, like that's, that's enough. And then the whole thing where she like, the part where they like beat up that guy in the park and that whole thing. Yeah, I hated that like, part. What are you guys doing? Like, yeah, that seri- part. Like, what me, are you doing? Yeah, that was one of those things and- I was talking about. That's not a scary part. That was just like that felt to me. Felt I understand why it was there. Like, it makes sense in the context of what's going on. But it was like, is this necessary? And yeah, I'm like, that, those are the parts I was like, whatever about. Yeah, exactly. Those that that part. Those parts probably knocked it down like a star for me because the stuff with Sam. I was like, I know exactly where this is going, and I was right. 
And she was just written as such like the stereotypical, like trying to be like a bad girl type of yeah. character. I was like, Who? this is Sam or Quincy Sam. or both Sam, Sam. but Quincy the- and at some points too. Yeah. I was going to say with Quincy. So like, there's this thing that she does. It was really weird and it didn't really make a lot of sense to me. She steals from like random people and she only steals like shiny reflective things so that she can see her reflection in them and she keeps them all in this locked drawer so that no one knows she's stealing them. And so she steals like shiny iPhones. She steals like spoons, stuff like that. And I guess it's like supposed to be like proof that she's still there and she's still alive and so she can see her reflection and she knows that she's still alive but it just felt weird it felt weird it felt like she was trying to be edgy and like then there's like they start shoplifting and you like steal from the rich whatever but it was just weird like there was (laughs) no reasoning to it it was just and it felt like it felt like we were supposed to get it and I just didn't I just didn't get it yeah exactly and like the whole I thought they were going to make her like stealing random people's things into more of like a thing than they did but he just kind of threw it in there to be like edgy and she has trauma yeah exactly exactly yeah I Um, felt like he was trying to show her having trauma but it was just and like you got that obviously very it was very obvious that she was like like traumatized but I think like the other details felt better to me like the grape soda and the Xanax like that stuff all like felt good to me the Mm -hmm. random stealing in the drawer stuff was a little weird for me that that was the one part I was like that's weird and yeah like you guys said the shoplifting was why did we need that also I low-key felt bad for her boyfriend at times like he was definitely in the wrong like when he would say like oh you just need to like get over it like you're not that yeah like obviously when he was trying to repress her trauma but also like he I don't I don't know he was when they were doing all that crazy stuff he just seemed like the norm I was like he just seems like the normal one like I, he's not really doing anything wrong you know honestly this is gonna sound bad and we may have to cut it out but from the get-go I didn't like him because oh, he is a public defender and same. my friend um works with public defenders and she's always like they're the worst people in the world so so I, so I immediately was like I bet this is gonna be a douche guy and and then he was he was he wasn't that I, bad though I mean he wasn't that bad I yeah think he wasn't, yeah like he was always like on her team and everything it just sucked that he like wasn't allowing her to fully express you know what she went through yeah and, like is she making See, her repress everything I yeah I guess that's right for me I never liked him because he was always like sh- making her repress, repress, basically repress herself. Um, so just based off of that, I was like, I don't like you. Um, I get why you're here. I understand you as a symbol, but I do not like you as a character. Like why? Are, like I didn't like him because of that reason. And then also because he would also, you could tell. And again, this is coming from my romance background. You could tell from the very beginning, he, she wasn't really ever into him. He, she yeah. was just like a symbol of normality. And you're like, I don't, I don't want this. We don't need you. Yeah. yeah it was pretty obvious from the beginning where their story right. was going which is why I think I kind of felt bad for him because he just like didn't he I don't know like we as the readers could tell that they weren't gonna last but he like right. seemed completely yeah. oblivious in fairness I feel like he didn't seem that invested in the relationship either or maybe I don't know it's been a couple weeks since he I was more yeah he was more like into this idea of Quincy that he created yeah of and he was always out of town which I guess was important for his job but you know it just felt like he wasn't that invested in the relationship either so I did feel bad for him but also it's not like 
I would, didn't feel as bad for him as I would have if he had been like super in love with her and stuff. I right? think I was exactly. like, I think I was expecting worse because in thrillers, the men are always just absolute trash, like garbage. This is true. And he was like, fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, he had his flaws, obviously, uh, but he, I would like, not call him fine. He didn't do anything. That's he didn't we- really. He, like, the he bar like, is really no, low, but like, though, if you, so when, no, but like if you read a lot of thrillers, the men are like consistently right. just like absolute garbage. Um, like he's so not coming, terrible trash, but I would say he's not great. Like I would not want to be friends with him, I guess is my thing. Right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but compared to like what what I'm used to dealing with in thrillers That's with fair. the male love interest that they start yeah. off with, it's. Yeah. yeah. He didn't cheat on her. Yeah. That's true. No. This is true. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Or try to kill her. Yeah, those are two. He passes the test on the thriller other. boyfriend test. Or kill other yeah. women. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Any other detailed but spoiler-free thoughts? Um, I think on speaking of our really low bar for men, um, I was just thinking about it, and I think there's only like there are three. There are like what, like ten male characters in this book? I would say maybe three of them are like decent maybe but not even that um and one of them I think is like one of them is her one of her friends and we can talk about that later and the only other guy who's like semi-decent is the tabloid guy but he's not even really that decent because he works for a tabloid um yeah he's he's kind of a slime ball and right he's like a slime ball um and again this is a part of when he's first introduced I like texted Grace and Sarah and I was like I know I'm not supposed to be reading any romantic things into any of this because it's a thriller, but if this was a romance novel, this is what oh, we're, that's that's what we're talking you were referring about. To. I was like, I no, I was, that was not about. the only, no, 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 that was not what I was referring. Uh, we'll come, we'll get back to what I was actually referring to, but this is the other part of it. This is the, okay. okay. I had this thought earlier, but then I had this thought again when they were meeting and I was like, if this was a romance novel, this would be one of, this would be a couple. Um, but I was like, no, I need to stop doing this to myself because I know where this is going. And I was right, but we'll get there. Speaking of getting there, should we get there? Let's get I there. I think so. Now to get into like the twists of the book that are revealed, the ending of the book. So this is like spoiler territory. So if you have not read this book and you intend to, stop listening now, read the book, come back later. Yeah. Um, so do we want to say like, what we thought was going to happen like what we thought the twist was going to be because you kind of know there's going to be like a twist right so she's trying to figure out who killed um because you find out that actually the final girl i can't remember her name what's the name of the woman that dies lisa lisa so the final girl who commits suicide um you find out that actually it was she was murdered but you don't know who it is so like a big part of the book is figuring out who that is And um, Quincy, the main character, spends a lot of time, like, investigating into that. And as she's investigating into into that, like, she starts, like, acting really weird. Like, she beats up that guy. She sees, like, these interviews of her. um, Or she sees, like, that Lisa had been asking people if Quincy was the one that killed everyone at the cabin and that the police also were under the impression that she killed everyone at the cabin. And I also started to think that she had killed everyone at the cabin. Like, especially when she beat up that guy, I was like, okay, like she's like really violent. She's got violence deep inside of her. And she also cannot remember anything that happened. She blacked the whole night out from her mind. So I was like, what if she killed them? But then they started giving so many hints about that. Yeah. And like saying that all the other characters thought she did too. And I was like, okay, well, she didn't do it then. 
Mm-hmm. I, I, I was wrong. And then I, I had no idea until it was actually revealed. That was my thought. Like when I first started reading the book and she's like, I don't remember anything from that night. I was like, yeah, this bitch definitely killed everyone. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, like you said, they started dropping too many hints. So I was like, okay, she didn't do it. Um, and then I suspected, I mean, with Sam, I just knew like she, there was, there yeah. was no way that she wasn't like something shady. Um, so I didn't know if she, I didn't think that she was the killer, but I knew like, I, well, when she just walked up to her and introduced herself as Sam, my first thought was, how does she know this is actually, I was her? like, this is not Sam. Yeah. I was yeah like, exactly. Sam. I was like, this is definitely not her. Like, why does she, why is she believing this? Then as the book went on and it wasn't like addressed until the very end and you just assume she was Sam, I was like, okay, maybe like she is. And this is just like, I don't know, but that was definitely something I caught on to early on. Yeah, same. Definitely early on, I was like, this is definitely not Sam. And for a while, I was like, maybe she is Sam and we're just not going to address it. But then it came back. I will say, though, before they revealed who exactly she was and that, like, even when she gave the fake name, I didn't think that it was. I thought that was the fake name. I didn't realize, like, that was going to be her real name. I actually thought it was something like she had, like, gone through. I don't know. Maybe it was like I kind of well, for one reason, I thought this was Janelle like one of her best friend who had died. I thought there was like some sort of situation where she, someone else survived or something like that. Um, and I think part of this was also because I did believe for a while that Sam slash Tina is what we find out his real name and did actually kill Lisa um, for a little bit. I thought that was actually what was the case. But then, you know, when Quincy uh, confronts her and kind of just assumes that she did, I was like, okay, so something else is going on. It's not them. But I will say my best moment my proudest moment is I was like, so I had, I had like 14 chapters left and this was right before this afternoon. I texted Grace and Sarah that, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to finish this book. I read a couple of chapters in, and this is the part where Coop and so Coop, by the way, we have mentioned the entire time, probably for a reason. Um, Coop, who is the police officer that rescue who, you know, quote unquote rescues Quincy from the um, woods that night. Um, they end up sleeping together. And obviously there's like some jealousy stuff going on throughout the book. And this was in fact the romance where I was like, nope, I'm not getting invested because I know if this is a romance novel, you would want me to, but this is not a romance novel, not going to do it. So I had a feeling from the very beginning, like, no, this is a bad guy. This is going to be not good. So I had a vibe very early on um, where I was starting to feel read romance into it. I'm like, okay, Coop is not a good guy. I don't know where he falls into it, but I'm not really feeling it. But it was when, he left her after sleeping with her where I was like, it was Coop. It's Coop who did it and he killed everybody. He's the killer and he's the one who was there. And I kind of, and that was when I was like, okay, this is my theory. And then I was right. So that was my proudest moment. I wasn't, I had a vibe early on, but like it was a definite, like around that 75%, 80% mark. I, I did not pick up on Sam at all. That was a comp- like not for a minute was I like really. I mean, like she was sus, but I just thought she was just she was just sus. That was just her personality. <laughs> Had no clue. I am dumb. But so so we're gonna read an email from Remy later, and who is a, a dedicated listener and our pal. I have our podcast email account on my phone, so like I get notifications when we get emails and. Remy's title is PSA, don't talk to cops. But actually, that doesn't seem as what I thought it was, was don't trust cops. Because mm. I, I purposely didn't mm-hmm. look too hard at it because she sent it in before I had even finished, even started the book. But 
if I had actually read it, that wouldn't have been as big of a spoiler as what I read mm-hmm. it as. Mm-hmm. And I read it and I didn't think anything about it. And then I started reading the book and I didn't think anything about it. And then like later that day, I was like, just thinking. And then all of a sudden I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> but then I was like, I was still thinking that Quincy did it. So I was like, maybe he knows Quincy did it and he's trying to protect her. And that's why that email is titled that. But then as I started to realize it couldn't be Quincy, I was like, he might've, he might've done this, but I couldn't figure out how or why or any of that. So it was still a mystery. Yeah. In the beginning, when they first introduced him, I was like, oh, we have a cop as a protagonist. Like, of yeah. course, because that is another trope and not like a trope, but that's a common theme in thrillers. Sometimes they have a cop as the protagonist, which is annoying. I was like, oh, like, whatever. Yeah. And then it makes have- sense because like you need someone yeah. on the inside who to provide information, but it is annoying. Right, yeah. right. But it's just annoying. And um, but then the book kept going on and he wasn't really like playing a big part, but he kept coming back. Mm-hmm. Like she kept she kept bringing him back in. Um, I mean, Quincy kept like bringing him up, bringing him back into everything. And I was like, kind of like, why is he here? And when I started thinking that I was like, oh, because he's the killer. That's why he's mm-hmm. here, because he didn't have, you know, a purpose besides being Quincy's like friend and confidant. But they put such a big emphasis on him that I was like, OK, he definitely had something to do with it. And then when they finally got to the part in the flash or like there was some part where she was like reliving the flashback the night when she ran right up to him. She couldn't remember what she was running from, but she ran right up to him. I was like, OK, so she was running from him. But, but because she couldn't remember, she thought he was there to rescue her and he just went along with it. And I was exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also yeah, I think I also one part I did not um, kind of guess was um, they mentioned so obviously part of the flashback is how she's about to lose her virginity to her boyfriend. And it was pretty obvious from early mm-hmm. on that her best friend was really like a bitch and was like going to think they were going to cheat on her or something. There's some mm-hmm. triangle situation going on. And later on, we find out, yes, that was true. Yep. Um, he, she does not sleep with her boyfriend, Craig, but mm-hmm. instead Craig goes out and like sleeps with her best friend, Janelle, and she finds out, gets upset. What I did not suspect was she would then go and sleep with who we thought was the murderer, Joe. Yeah. Um, so when like later on, when you find the interview, she says like, no, I was not raped. It was consensual sex. And like right after you see that flashback of, oh, no, she didn't sleep with Craig. And you're like, wait a minute. She slept with Joe. Yeah, that was pretty and wild. I thought, I thought that was a very wild part where I was like, whoa, like things were like falling into place where things were making sense. And it was also making sense. And that was about the time where you were like really started thinking, OK, yeah, it definitely was not Joe who killed everybody. Something else was going on here. Um, and I thought that was a really that was a part that I was like, ooh, this is really cool. And I was flying through it because I was like I didn't I don't see this coming but yeah I thought that was cool and it was cool too because it it makes sense why the media and the police would have jumped on it with Joe because he's like in a I'm doing air quotes here an escaped mental hospital patient which I hate that trope so I'm glad that he kind of like took that and spun it just because there's such a prejudice against people who are in mental hospitals that obviously the cops and the press jumped right on it when she said it was him so Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I thought that was pretty good, pretty well done. I I appreciated that twist too. That like you know it starts you know at the beginning of the book you're like ugh another uh, problematic trope of mm-hmm. people with mental illness, but yep. then it turned out it wasn't him, and it was actually just like being the fact that he was blamed for it was just like mm-hmm. being realistic to society's standards. Right. And I also liked how um, as we've established, the real killer was. Uh, the cop yeah the cop 
the mm-hmm. cop but there's this part where he's like like she's like why did you do this and he was like i've been killing for a really long time and he's like that's why i jo- like when i joined the the military what was he in the military or something yeah, yeah he just said the military mm-hmm. yeah he was like i realized that i really enjoy killing people and i was like okay yeah A-cap. yes <laughs> yeah no i really like that part too because he was like i'm gonna join the military to kind of try and control it but then instead what happened was it gave him, I think it was the line was he gave him the bravery then to like actually do it, yeah. which is when the first time like he actually killed was when he comes back. Cause he, and I also thought it was interesting slash gross. And you could, this is where you could tell that a man was writing this book about how all of Hoop's like murders basically happened were somehow involved with sex, like sex was involved yeah. or like some sort of sexual nature things was involved. And I was like, mm, do we need that? But whatever, that's In what fairness, when I feel men like- write things. In fairness, I think that's like a slasher trope too, though. Like anytime you watch a slasher movie and two people have sex, you're like, oh no, like they're about to die. About to die. Mm, so right, like and that I whole think- like virginity, sexual dirtiness stuff. Yeah, purity. Yeah, yeah. And I think that was definitely intentional the way he played out. Oh, also, Quincy's last name is Carpenter. Speaking of horror movies. Who directed Halloween? John Carpenter. I caught on to that. I was oh, like, oh my yeah. god. Oh. This is it, it was so clever the way he was paying homage at certain parts to certain things like that, like with naming her Quincy Carpenter. I have to assume that was on purpose. Like there's it had no, to have been. It had yeah, to I be. Think, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I caught on to that too. Either that or there was something else that I noticed, but I couldn't, yeah. couldn't tell you what it was. And then like the sex thing as well, like you were saying, mm-hmm. Shruti, that I didn't actually notice that until you brought it up. I'm like, oh wait, that's definitely like another way of him paying homage which is definitely another again problematic trope but it is common in those kind of movies yeah it didn't click until he mentioned how like Mm -hmm. yeah he strangled a woman while he was giving her a a blowjob or whatever and that was like and that was like oh okay so he's definitely really messed up we we got there as I mentioned, we have an email from Remy to read, who is our friend and listener. Um, and again, her email title is PSA, don't talk to cops, with two question marks, a word on final girls. Uh, pod time, pod time. That is her intro. I like it. Uh, I can't tell y'all how excited I am to send in an email for the first time in months. I am still waiting on Twice Shy to come off hold at the library. I put the audiobook on hold in April. On that note, I'm still also waiting on my hold for one last stops. One last stop. There wow, seems we've got a whole reading list from us. <laughs> I know. I know. We'd love to see it. Unfortunately, this email isn't full of wonderful thoughts on a book that swept me away, but that's okay. Not every book can be a winner with every person. <laughs> this is your warning to stop reading if you haven't finished the book, Grace. I don't want to spoil. <laughs> well, Remy. Next time, come up with a different email title. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe you should read her email title correctly. Maybe so. (laughs) Yeah, that's on me. Uh, It's partly (laughs) on her, but it's also mostly on me. I'll I'll admit that. Um, I'll start with the good. I loved the premise for this book. Three final girls versus the world, except not really the way I I imagined. Yeah, honestly, that's fair. The book was, um, I thought there would be a squad and and they weren't because one of them died. Anyway, three final girls versus the world, except not really the way I imagined, which was I was disappointed by, but that was my own fault for not reading the summary clearly, LMAO. And our main character suffering from memory loss slash distortion. <laughs> I'm a slut for stories that play with memory. I'm afraid that uh, that was really all I liked about this book, the premise. My disappointment started early. 
I originally decided to read this book solely during the daytime because I can find it difficult not to feel really paranoid after I've consumed thrilling or scary media. Us too. Um, the problem with Final Girls was that I was never scared. The story <laughs> really dragged, especially in the first half of the book. There wasn't much action and the character felt so flat that I found it difficult to relate with or root for anyone. I particularly hated Jeff. He was a useless boyfriend mm-hmm. and a useless character. Exactly. I guess, I guess his purpose is to show that Quincy is trying hard to be normal, TM, trademark symbol, with her normal TM life and her normal TM boyfriend. He's not normal. He's narcissistic and rude. To make exactly. Traumatic he past, wasn't that bad. Oh, my God. Look, he didn't. No, he's pretty oh, bad. Listen, <laughs> we went through the list. He didn't <laughs> kill anyone. For- he didn't cheat on her. Come on still not a fan um he didn't do anything beyond make up for her traumatic past i feel like the story would have easily given us the same message of quincy grasping for normal just fine without him he doesn't even have anything to do with the ultimate climactic action what was the point i didn't really care for anyone else quincy herself wasn't a likable character and she wasn't very active in picking up on the plot which i think added to my frustration with how slowly things were moving along she also frustrated me so much with how often she spent talking to the police. Oh, I see now that the subject of the email was really no <laughs> yeah. at all. I just read it wrong. I read it wrong. I take the blame. I am sorry to you myself. You spoiled yourself. Me. I spoiled yeah. myself. Um, what are you doing? Your boyfriend is a defense lawyer. Did he not tell you the first rule of crime? No, That's because what I defense was lawyers are not good. I know, but I, was, but I was wondering that too when we when we were reading it that's why I was kind of like why yeah. is he getting Jeff more involved that was those were my more thoughts about Jeff it's not that I liked him I was just confused that I don't know yeah yeah and also like he's also you know he has intel you'd think that she would have right. used him more often and he right. would have been more important in the like plot, I said she was a little dumb sometimes yeah um okay don't talk the first rule of crime don't talk to cops don't do it Don't do it if you're guilty. Don't do it if you're innocent. They can and will use what you tell them against you. Don't talk to cops, pod. This has been a PSA. (laughs) Okay, sure. Quincy has her own personal cop friend. Talk to him then. Or don't, considering the plot of this book. Your mileage may vary. (laughs) Don't talk to other cops. Ugh. Okay, okay, okay. I'll leave that range alone for the more pressing matters, the plot. The story spent a lot of time teasing two possible truths for what happened at Pine Cottage, which is um, which is the side of where all of Quincy's friends were murdered. But both, end- both ended up being red herrings. I would have enjoyed the back and forth more if there had been a handful of breadcrumbs for the actual truth. Personally, when I read books that have any sort of mystery to them, I find it more enjoyable when I can try to piece the puzzle together with the characters. You need to know that the last time I read a murder mystery, I stopped three-fourths of the way into the book to write a four-page prediction dump. I take my mysteries very seriously. I think Sayer spent a lot of time juggling these two red herrings without supplying us with a ton of fodder for the truth, which made the middle of the story drag along and the ending, quote-unquote, twists ultimately, ultimately unsatisfying. And the ending. I'm sorry, but just showing up at a hospital to speak to a survivor of a massacre when she just experienced it is a weird thing to do it's oh weird. yeah we didn't even know yeah, that that was weirdest uh, oh yeah that was weird i i took me a while to figure out what she's just yeah 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 that was weird she pretended to be her cousin yeah that was weird and also like 
they would not let her in to talk to me. No. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that immediately. I was like, there's, yeah. there's no way they would let her in to speak to this person. Like, this is a, cr- a crime. It's just been a yeah. crime. has just happened. Anyway, who does that? Go to therapy. <laughs> I am taking breaths. <laughs> I am pushing my judgment to the side. I am not. I like the idea of Quincy ending this journey, wanting to help other girls the way Lisa did. That feels very cyclical and central to the theme of survivors helping survivors. Maybe, just maybe next time, make a phone call. But she knew that the girl would be avoiding phone calls, you say. Fine, perhaps, perhaps we'll give the girl a few days to recover and we don't show up at her hospital bed without warning. This email was longer than I intended, but I hope it was entertaining. I will leave you with one final note. I do believe that this story has the potential to be a decent slasher flick. I agree. Um, It didn't work for me as a novel, but sometimes stories are better told through other types of media. Your favorite gal pal, Remy. P.S. I am linking a law school (laughs) lecture by a lawyer on why you shouldn't let your clients (laughs) talk to police. Yes, it's 45 minutes long, but it's very informative. You're welcome. Wow. Thank thank you, Remy. Remy. Can we list that in the description? We will. I think we I'll can. add that link. Yeah, just yeah, in case we any will. of our listeners want to be educated. Yes. <laughs> um, I so I disagree with the ending being not satisfying because I did, as I mentioned, like I kind of had a feeling that was going to happen, and I kind of like that happening. Um, but yeah, but I do agree that the very ending, like that bit with her showing up at the hospital, was ridiculous, and I do think it would be, have been. I think this would be a really good movie. I think this I would probably be better as a movie. Yeah, Lifetime, swoop in. Or something Your in the vein of the, of the screen movies. I think Riley Sager should get... I can easily see him like getting like a Netflix deal or something where they adapt all mm. his movies or something. Oh, totally. I can see that happening. And his books are so popular, I'm surprised. I would be surprised if some of them haven't already been optioned, especially like The Last Time I Lied is a huge one. Yeah. This one. I'm surprised this one isn't like in development yet, but... yeah. Because um, this has been books, on my to-read list for a long yeah, time. Yeah, his books are so popular. Can we also talk about the absolute temper tantrum that he threw when um, Final Girls Support Group was published? Oh my God. Week? I sent, I actually sent a link to this. Yeah. Because I'm part of some, some book of the month uh, groups on Facebook because I don't know, I like drama. I like seeing what everyone's saying about the book of the month books, sue me. Um, and they're all, they're all like, they all love Riley Sager over there. They're all big Riley Sager fans. But when he posted that, he posted a tweet that was like something about the, you know, remakes are never as good as the originals on the day of publication of Final Girl Support Group by Grady Hendrix. And um, everyone was pretty mad, although some people were like, well, if, uh, oh, and apparently his newest book, Survives a Night, is also kind of bad from what I heard. Um, hmm. So they're saying, well, if Survive the Night, well, if I wrote Survive the Night, I would be mad that someone else is upstaging me too. I was like, oh my God. But yeah, honestly, I had to, like, I had to bring yeah. up that timely drama for when we were reading. It just happened to be while we were reading this book that there was drama about it. I thought that was funny. I am going to take Grady Hendrix's side in this one as well, yeah. because first of all, Riley Sager did not invent the concept of final girls. No. Second of all, I have to support my man, Grady Hendrix, a South Carolina native. And third of all, I've only read one Grady Hendrix book. And that was the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires. And I had some issues with it. But objectively, based off of that one book, 
Ray Hendricks is a better writer than Riley Sager is. So, and I, I also read in the uh, book of the month comment group comment section that apparently he wrote Final Girls Support Group and it was going to be published the same year as Final Girls, but oh. they held off because they knew Final Girls by Riley Sager was going to be like the biggest thriller of that year and they didn't want it to be overshadowed. So they held it off until this year to let the hype yeah so he's had it wow. written for a long time so if anything you know riley sager is uh he's one to talk but that's yeah. that's neither here nor there so i think with that we are wrapping up our episode um since this was our group read for july that means we need to announce our group read for august um and i'm going to pick I have not decided what I'm going to pick, but it'll probably be a romance of some sort. Um, so I'm still thinking about it. I will probably announce what that book is soon. Um, and we'll be sure to post it on Twitter as well so that you will all know um, and be able to read along with us. So we'll look forward to that. You can follow us on Instagram at bookhosepod. You can also follow us on Twitter at the bookhose. You can also send us an email at bookhosepod at gmail.com. But you should also follow us and write a rating and leave a review um, and then share the podcast with all of your friends. Thank you all very much for listening. Have a great rest of your day. Bye. Bye. Bye.